Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the TGIF edition of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson, glad you're with us uh, to wind up another week. And what a busy day this has been. This is going to be a news-packed show. Uh, News, of course, affecting Southern Miss football scheduling, Conference USA football scheduling, the SEC. It goes on and on, and also affecting uh, William Carey University and NAIA sports. We're going to be talking to head basketball coach Steve Knight about that in just a moment. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of our show and the Southern Miss Athletic Department. We appreciate Dickey's. Encourage you to eat with those great folks here in Hattiesburg. They're open seven days a week and have delicious food. You can dine in. You can take it out. You can have it delivered however you choose. Just make sure you choose Dickey's Barbecue the next time uh, you've got the uh, hunger tooth for delicious barbecue. All right, one of the uh, great things about Hosting the Eagle Hour and working at Super Talk as associations that we're able to develop. And uh, never met a finer person than our first guest, Steve Knight, is the head basketball coach at William Carey University. And coach, I have to always say this, the winningest basketball coach in the history of the state of Mississippi. And we're glad to have you on the show. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys? Happy to be here. Well, we're doing good. Coach, uh, I don't need to tell you, of course, that this has just been a weird, weird year, and uh, a lot of announcements made yesterday regarding Conference USA, SEC, uh, football, what have you. But, you know, we haven't talked a lot uh, about the effects all of this is having on basketball, but it is, and I know in the NAIA uh, association that your teams uh, play in, uh, COVID's had an effect there. Coach, Kind of sum up uh, how William Carey basketball and your conference and, uh, and the NAIA has been affected uh, so far by COVID. Sure. Uh, NEI came out uh, this past Tuesday with uh, information that stating that they're moving all of the fall sports championships to the spring, and that's basically cross-country uh, soccer and volleyball. And NEI is just huge on institutional autonomy. They don't want to get into the, each school or conference's business. So they said, well, if you want to play in the fall, you can that's up to you as a school or as a conference, but the championships will be in the in the spring. So that's what they've done, and there's probably it's fifty fifty right now throughout the country's conferences that are decided to move their entire seasons to the spring or or others who are playing in the fall. So we'll just see how that goes. It's very fluid, as you know, and mm-hmm. uh, it's tough decisions to be made. So nothing has been. Uh, change with any sports other than the fall sports so basketball is still uh geared up to start participating there in late october and and championships still in march and, and of course spring sports the same so uh that's where we stand right now william carey has decided uh through, and, and our conference has decided 
to go ahead and move our conference volleyball and our conference soccer schedules to the spring. Now, schools can still play non-conference in the fall if they want, but the conference-only part will be in the spring, and and we've decided to leave cross-country in the fall, uh, mm-hmm. basically because of, there's so much, uh, uh, so many schools where cross-country athletes are also running track and field in the spring. So, and then you have some coaches who coach both, so it's really hard to to do those both in the same season. Right. Uh-huh. Now, what are the plans for your basketball program, Coach? And then I'm going to ask you a double question. You could just answer both. Uh, as a guy that's been around a long time, coached a lot of basketball, uh, played sports your entire life, how difficult is this from a coaching standpoint to maneuver through this? And, and as you look ahead and you get your guys back on the floor playing, uh, what are you going to have to do to safeguard them? Oh, well, that's that's really crazy. You, the normal walking around uh, citizen would not know of all the requirements that are being made of of uh, athletic teams as far as getting their players uh, to where we can participate. And then uh, the, the the kicker is, you know, for us, you really have to separate players and groupings. And, and for instance, you may assign bus seats. And buses, you might know, are now cut in half as far as occupancy. Uh, 55 passenger bus, you can only take, you know, like 20, 25 uh, people, 26 people, because you have to spread out social distance as much as possible. Same with motel rooms and different things like that. And the dorm rooms, you're trying to keep your, your players grouped together. Say so you've got four guys, you want them, those are together in the dorm. Their workouts are at the same time. Their weightlifting sessions are at the same time. They sit next to each other in an area. Uh, every bus trip the same. They're the ones who are in the hotel rooms together. Uh, so there's a lot of lot of planning with that. And, uh, basketball being a smaller squad, it's uh, you know it's not hard to to do some of that until you decide, hey, we're practicing and now it's time to go five on five. Mm-hmm. So now you've got to mix. Uh, Groupings and different kids, and uh, and then of course you're trying to stay away from other teams. You don't want crossover effect because here's here's the deal: if if a kid becomes positive, has a positive test, anybody that has been in contact with that person then has to quarantine for 14 days. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a positive test and you've been going five on five in your practices, well, that's uh, really your whole team's going to have to sit 14 right. days right. and you're going to see that happening. And, and so that's the problem is for schools also is we're not in a bubble. So now they're in the dorm with other kids. They're going to class or cafeteria or going out or whatever and coming into contact. And it's, it's, it's just, just a nightmare. It's right. just a nightmare. It really is. But right. we'll do what we can. You know, the uh, NAI originally had said, yeah, okay, here's one thing we want to do. Seven days before you play any contest, you have to have a, a negative COVID test. Well, they got to thinking about it. We put a pencil to it ourselves at Cary, 
and that would cost us fifty six thousand dollars. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so they've kind, of, they've kind of walked that back a little bit now, but yeah. there is a cost to all of this and the things that we're having to do. You know, your weight training sessions. Uh, you can't have one team follow another in the weight room. You have to give time to spray it down and, and cleanse it and then bring another group in. Your locker room, you have to have social distancing, okay? Then if you get to a game situation, what are you going to do at halftime? How are you going to meet keep right. kids away? Uh, good Lord bless me with a good coaching voice, so I think I can get their attention in any place. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they won't be quite yeah. as tight as, as, as normal. Right. And, and that you know, and you worry about your your team chemistry. You know, you're not really able to to bond and and hug and and tighten up and and talk and be close to one another. So um, yeah, this is it's definitely uh, right. in my coaching career the probably the toughest preparation we've had for for a season. Right, Luke. So, Coach, what you're telling us is on offense this year, no picks. On defense, will primarily the Crusaders will primarily be zone defense. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh gosh, you know I, I accuse them sometimes about uh, being too far away from their their guy they're guarding it during games. Uh, maybe that we've been social distancing all along and don't know it. <laughs> we haven't known it, but, but uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I really think in basketball, uh, if you really want to be careful about it, you're probably going to do a lot more skill work, individual work, and you're you're not going to go five-on-five five as much. That's going to make it really tough. But if you want to be safe about it, uh, that's probably the way to go. When, uh, you know, you, you mentioned just a minute ago about, uh, you know, the quarantine, uh it, nobody playing basketball out there is going to be unless you got a wing way out six feet away from everybody else. So you might possibly could lose half your basketball team if one guy got sick. Sure, you sure could. I think you'll see a lot of cancellations uh, hmm. because of that. And then the other thing, the crossover thing is, okay, the team that you're playing, you come in and play them. You know, do they have anybody that's had contact or even has a, that's positive, and then, then it carries over to you. And then, um, yeah, there's a lot of concern. I know one thing we we will do. We're at, we're closing our gymnasium and our athletic facilities down. It'll be for athletes only, who will be checked every day. They have to fill out an app um, and temperature checks and all of that, and and or they get back from the app saying uh, shows the coach, hey, this person's okay to come in and work out. All right, Coach, hold your thoughts. I know you've spent a lot of time, too, as the uh, athletics director at William Carey, so you know about the administrative and financial end. I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about the dilemma that schools like USM and other schools around the country are facing as these big conferences are beginning to cancel non-conference games. Is that good, Coach? Sure. Coach Steve Knight, William Carey University on the Eagle Hour. Continue our conversation with him right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. We're talking to head coach Steve Knight, head basketball coach at William Carey University. This segment sponsored by 
Our good friends at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great selection of Southern Miss Apparel. You can buy it online. CampusBookmart.net. You can shop in person Monday through Saturday at their store on Hardy Street, right across from the USM campus. Coach Knight, the head basketball coach at uh, William Carey University, formerly the athletics director there as well before you decided to just concentrate full-time on your coaching. And, of course, your your coaching and your administrative uh, career goes back quite a number of years, Coach. So I'm guessing you have a pretty good idea of the pressure that people like Jeremy McLean are, are faced with. Uh, Southern Miss now in two weeks – uh, realizing that it is losing its gate from what will be it would have been its biggest home game of the season against Jackson State, and then the huge payday that they had uh, scheduled uh, to play in the SEC. And there are a lot of schools like Southern Miss coaches, you well know, that depend on those big non-conference checks from SEC schools, and apparently none are going to get them this year. Now, what what kind of pressure? As an athletic director, does it put on a man when, when you lose your two biggest paydays before the season ever starts? Oh, it's one of the toughest things in the world because you're sitting there uh, trying trying to figure out, okay, we're not going to have this income. Uh, we can't really do what we want to do throughout the entire football season and, and to be honest, all the whole, entire sports season without that income. And, and, and so you're looking at ways to – uh, go one or two ways. Can we find a way to get that income back? Um, you know, can we reschedule another guarantee game this late in the in the deal to make up for that, uh, or do we start cutting things back? And and obviously, you've already seen throughout the country where some some schools have dropped sports, uh, some schools are have cut back staffing and that sort of thing. And that's the only, really the only way to go if, if you're having to balance your budget. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, just like a business, you can't, you can't go in the hole. So you've got to make adjustments, and those are tough, tough calls for um, athletic administrators, ADs in particular, because you see your, your coaching staff and your student-athletes on a daily basis, regardless of what sport it is, how much they put into it, and, and it's their lives. And whatever decision you make is going to have a huge effect on them. Mm-hmm. But in reality, you have to do something. And whether it's, um, you know, when you start cutting back staff, it's always tough. Well, maybe you want to look at, okay, we're only going to play, uh, we're allowed 30 basketball games. Maybe we're, we'll play 20. Maybe we'll play uh, 40 baseball games or 35 or whatever. Cutting back on the number of contest and then you look at your travel which is a huge expense uh how can we cut back there can we on these shorter trips go the day of the game um how do we cut back on on anything that's reflective of that bottom line on spending money Uh, you look at every single way to do that and uh you and and another thing it's always you have to be honest out up front and talk about these things. And I think people in today's times and what we're going through are understanding of what needs to be done. And I uh, just hope it's not too bad. Right. Luke? Coach, 
from a from an NAIA um, per- perspective, um, and then because you've been in Hattiesburg so long, you know what goes on uh, across town. Southern Miss is looking at with uh, Bob mentioned it in the previous segment the loss of Jackson State. Um, it's just they're talking now in football about potentially playing two football games or against the same team within the same season. Um, what are what are some things uh, generally speaking? You know, you, you look at if if uh, attendance gets cut. You know, on the NAIA front, how how does William Carey uh, adjust to that? Because uh, if you don't have fans in the stands, you know, it's it's just it's pretty wild thinking about. Um, I'm sure that y'all aren't going to have carbon cutouts or uh, or FaceTiming <laughs> like the NBA does, but it's just, it's just it's really hard pressed for every non Power Five program and uh, thinking about how they're going to compensate for lost revenue. Yeah, you know, I think at, at some point, huge decisions are going to have to be made, and and obviously the the, the non Power Fives they really need some ticket revenue and concession revenue. So when they play, they need some percentage of fans in the stands to help help get generate any type of revenue that they can get, particularly because so many of them have now lost those guarantee games. So, um, so I really think that's one of the, the obstacles that you're going to run into is how do we manage, from a cost standpoint, putting a certain percentage of fans in the stands because then you also incur cost of having to run a game day management of, of ticket takers and ushers and concession stand workers and all that. And it, there's a lot to be uh, that, that you have to take into account. And I, I know that there's a lot of ADs out there that are not sleeping very many hours trying to put a pencil to it. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's real difficult. And then also, They've got the, and every institution has the increased incurred costs right now of of the the sanitation and and different things that you have to do with with for your players, your student athletes. Uh, you know, some of this stuff's pretty expensive. You know, when you start spraying locker rooms and you start spraying uh, uh, dorm rooms, weight rooms, those sorts of things. Uh, to try to keep the virus away, and then then you've got situations out there where you know you, you don't want players drinking out of the same water bottle. You don't want you don't want any sharing at all, uh, and so costs go up there. So you've really got a situation where a lot less incomes coming in, and your your cost in certain areas have gone up mm. that you weren't expecting. So now you've got to figure out a way uh, somehow some some way cut costs back to get it get it back and, and I think each school will look at their own situation and make those tough calls. Heck coach, we thought tornadoes were a big problem. Tornadoes are, are minor compared to COVID nineteen, am I right? I think you're right. You know, since I gave up the A D and we hired DJ Pulley, our new A D and I'm sitting over there sort of being a emeritus A D, we we've we've had the tornado and and now this so I look, I look at him every day. He shakes his head. He goes, man, I, he goes, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> yeah, you're not go, missing well, that job now, are you, Coach? <laughs> not at all. I, I, I'm good at being an advisor. <laughs> right. But to go to all those meetings every day and, and talk on those AD conference calls and 
no, I don't miss that at all. Right. All right, Luke, what else you got for Coach Knight while we've got him cornered here? Coach, uh, what what is uh, what's the front on the fans for NAIA? I mean, are they talking about uh, limit capacity after after Christmas? Uh, are they talking about letting some people attend some of the venues? Yeah, it'll be left up to each school. It really will. And our plan right now, Kerry, is I think we're going to um, on the side where the, the the benches are. We're not going to pull those bleachers out. Because one of the things in basketball, and I didn't mention it earlier, is they want you to social distance on the bench, which means basically you have to have rows of benches <laughs> behind one another. <laughs> so you have to have the space uh, to do that. And oh, so man. we're look, yeah, it's it's amazing some of the and, and the, the how are you going to pull thing, a timeout off? Uh, I've got a good voice, <laughs> but yeah, you can't. You really. You're not supposed to be, you know, close to close to one another. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's going to be uh, fans who are able to get into the game might hear a lot more than they normally do. So, they, yeah, they, uh, the other team will too, coach. That, that's you're right. You're right. Maybe we'll put up some sort of portable, uh, soundproof barrier that we roll out there where they can't hear what we're saying on the other other side, but. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it all out. You know, if we're going to play, we'll we'll have some fans in there. It won't be capacity or anything, but um, I, I really do think that uh, there's going to be a lot of lot of gymnasiums where you can't do what what we're planning on doing. I was thinking about Southern Miss the other day. They could actually do that. Being in the Coliseum, mm-hmm. they've got room, you know, to put rows behind the, the benches where right. players can kind of. Spread out a little bit, but there's other places where you've got a uh, you know grandstands right up behind the, the bench, so right. you couldn't do it. Uh, who knows? They may they may allow you to wrap around all the way toward the baseline, go past the the 28 foot mark. <laughs> you well, know. Coach, we appreciate your time. We're we're out of time, unfortunately. Real okay. real quickly, uh, are we going to see William Carey Southern Miss basketball uh, game again this year? Uh, if COVID doesn't get us, I think we'll be there. Okay, good deal. Yeah. Well, coach, Take it yeah. easy on us, Coach. Take it easy <laughs> oh, on us, okay? Man. Just I've got do that, please. I've got a new squad coming in. i got a new one. Jay's done a great job recruiting. I'm, I'm look, really looking forward to that game. Coach, we appreciate you very much. You're one of our favorite guys. You're welcome on the show anytime, and uh, we're always grateful for your time and your input. Okay, thank you. Yeah, take care. Coach Steve Knight, everybody. Head basketball coach at William Carey University. Worth saying again, Luke, winningest basketball coach in the history of the state of Mississippi, and he lives right here in Hattiesburg. Kelly Sander lives here as well. We're going to find him. Pretty easy to keep up with Kelly these days. We'll have him next. miss to the top appreciate William Carey basketball coach coach Steve Knight joining us in those first two segments 
third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Stop by there and get a great lunch. Lots of Southern Miss memorabilia. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly Sander joins us on the phone. A, a big day after we went off air yesterday, Kelly. Uh, the SEC announcing what they're going to do. Conference USA uh, leaking or some sources telling uh, what Judy and the Brain Trust have decided. And it all impacts Southern Mist. Uh, get your comment on it just to let our listeners know. Uh, the SEC announcing a 10 game only conference, uh, schedule. So the August or the uh, September 26th visit to the Plains, uh, by, for Southern Miss going to Auburn is, uh, is now non-existent. Uh, Southern Miss now with two open dates, September 19th and September 26th. And then Conference USA, uh, sources are telling state Stadium, Brett McMurphy uh, broke this yesterday. Conference USA is going to keep an eight-game league schedule and allow uh, teams to play as many non-conference games as they want to, even including the possibility of a Conference USA team already playing a Conference USA team, doing a round two, playing later on, and it counting as a non-conference game schedule, just trying to get some member teams uh, with more games for more revenue. Kelly Center to help us unpack all of this. Kelly, your thoughts about the SEC, Auburn, and the new Conference USA format? It, it's it's kind of like a Jerry Springer show. You almost need a flow chart to kind of figure out who belongs to who and who's going where and and all that sort of thing. I, I just I'm just uh, when when uh, when the Big Ten came out with a conference only schedule. I just I don't get the theory uh, other than you know you got to play your conference games and we want to try to minimize the risk of being infected so we'll we'll just shorten our schedule by by that amount but I don't understand the logic in any of it I really don't I agree Kelly I don't well, I don't see the, how the first it logic anything. is the first logic is Auburn has to go to under the new schedule. I don't have their their next two games, but they were scheduled to go to Ole Miss, to Georgia, to Mississippi State, to Alabama, Hattiesburg, to Auburn, roughly the same distance as all those. But you think about um, a, a team like Florida, right? Florida's going to cancel their game in Tallahassee against Florida State, and that's another thing about this is you have a lot of rivalry games that are non-existent. But Florida's got to go to Vanderbilt. So you're going from Gainesville to Nashville, and I guess the the lunacy of it comes in. Bob, you brought up this point a little earlier. If you're going to play uh, 10 conference games, um, and some of them are actually further – and would possibly be in front of more people, right? Uh, that you know, with a conference game, what's the point of, of having the non-conference um, game? I, I guess, Bob, it's just a question of the SEC not having to dish out as much money. Maybe, and, and I want to bring this up and get your guys' input on this. And I, and I don't mean this in any way disrespectfully, so no one take it that way. Conference USA is going to continue to play their conference games and says schools can play non-conference games if they can schedule them. It, isn't it a fact that it would be a little easier? I mean, the fewer people that are at an event, obviously, the easier it is to control it. Truth is, and again, with all due respect, it, it will be easier to control crowds and 
social distancing and things of that at many Conference USA games than it ever would be at an SEC game. Yes? Yes. Is that why you think Conference USA is canceling, in a sense, nothing? Wow. I just think it's it's going to be because uh, they want they want the teams to be able to get as much money as they can. So so Conference USA is not Liberty and Southern Miss is probably ninety eight percent ninety nine percent going to go down. Liberty can't afford to lose games either uh, unless they don't want to pay five hundred grand to Southern Miss. But Conference USA is not going to look at Southern Miss and say you can't go to Liberty and get five hundred thousand dollars. So they the, the main reason yeah, for they that, can't afford in, to in do my that, opinion. Right? Yeah, in, in my opinion, is they're they're going to let their their team schedule as much as they want to, uh, to allow them the the most revenue income as they can. Well, I agree but, because they're not getting the big forty two million dollar check at the end of the year. No, but here's the here's the other thing, guys. There are expenses, and, and sometimes this gets lost in the shuffle. There are expenses in in hosting a football game. Right, right? you you, you got a lot of people you got to pay. You know, so, so what is your break-even point in Conference USA? What does your attendance have to be for you to even break even? And if and if the limited number of fans that are going to be allowed at games don't even meet your break-even point, why have the game at all? Great point. Yeah, you're just you're right. just going to go further in the hole. Right. So whether you, and know, there's you a- lose you lose fifty thousand dollars a game. You know, I'd rather play a five-game schedule than an eight-game schedule because that's 150000 in the good that I'm going to be. I just don't know. I, I don't know for having these games, you know, money's already tight, and if you're going to lose more money by a limited number of fans, I, I don't see the sense in it. There, there's also a break-even point versus the expenses that you would get for a home game versus the travel expenses. Because September 19th and September 26th, you lose the Jackson State game on the 19th, you lose the Auburn game on the 26th. It's, it's a whole new world now. And you the break-even point, to your point, Kelly, is if we fill those with two home teams, two home games, what are we paying teams to come in? What's it going to cost us to pull it off with a third of the fans in the stands versus us going on the road uh, Bob mentioned, or Kelly, you may have mentioned that Oklahoma has an opening one of those no, weekends. No, and, no, no. you know, getting, getting beat on the road, but at the same time making more money minus your travel expenses than it would cost you to host two home games. But I think, the, but I think what the, the Big 12 and some of those other Power Fives were just waiting, waiting for some people to make some decisions. Now you've got the Big 10 playing conference only, you've got the SEC playing conference only. It looks like Pac-12 is going to go that way. So Big 12 is one of the ones that, that has not come out yet with a with a with an announcement. But I bet that they would follow suit just so they can you know stay in line with their their brethren, so to speak. So that would even knock out the uh, the September 12th game with Oklahoma, even if that was a possibility. But I just you know the, the financial part of it, I just I just don't know why because you've got you've got to pay the bills. Right. You have you have to pay the bills and see. You talk about going on the road. Well, whether you play at home or whether you play on the road, the home team has got to come up with some money. And yeah. if you're going to be severely limited by the number of fans that you can even have in your stands, I'm not sure it would be financially worth it. Uh, so Kelly, using Kelly's point, which is very good, let's look at the Liberty game for a guy a minute, guys. This is a five hundred thousand dollar payout to USM. 
But can Liberty afford to pay Southern Miss five hundred thousand dollars if it can only put twenty? Liberty can afford to pay Southern Miss whatever they want to pay. Well, but but, but, but from a business standpoint, do you still want to do that if you can only get twenty five percent of the of the ticket revenue that you anticipated when you made the deal? Your businessman Kelly, do you make that move or do you say no? no, I, no I'm not going to do that. That's what I, that's what I was kind of alluding to. I, you know, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think because Liberty's an independent, it's in their best interest to play a football game. That's yeah, one less game that they could school. they yeah. could play. Yeah. yeah, I mean they've got tons of money. That's a, that's yeah. their whole different animal. Kelly, one thing that uh, thankful to uh, Julie Hall and some of the people at the University and the Public Records, they got the Eagle Hour a copy of the game contract between Southern Miss and Auburn. You know, we keep throwing out one point eight five million, one point eight five million. Actually, in the contract, Auburn already paid Southern Miss $400,000. The contract states that $400,000 is payable between July first, two 2017 and July thirtieth, two 2019. This contract's actually signed back in 2016. So the number, really, that Southern Miss is set to lose is around $1.45 million. I, well, I thought that $400,000 is what we got for keeping our mouth shut about Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> that was in a previous contract, Kelly. Oh, okay. that, that was a little earlier contract, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I, well, I'm glad to see we're hearing something out of Conference USA because I pulled up the, the website this morning and it said, Dewey defeats Truman. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch up on those baseball scores from January and February, though, Kelly, if, you, if you're bored <laughs> this right. afternoon. I sure am glad. Let, yeah, let's, let's talk specific, specifically about that. Let, let's talk about that for a minute, and we may hit a break here in just a second. But you're looking at a possibility where Southern Miss and UAB may play twice. You're looking at a possibility where Southern Miss and Louisiana Tech may play twice because those are two of our closest. Uh, we can make a bus trip. You don't have to fly anywhere. So you'd play them one time, maybe week two. You'd play La Tech for a conference game. You'd play them later in the season or uh, play them two weeks later. It really doesn't seem feasible that way, but that's what they're suggesting. That's what Conference USA is putting out there. Actually, it's not It's not a bad idea. I mean, because this is such a 2020 is such a weird year. I, you know, so I just don't think we're ever going to see anything more like this. So again, unusual circumstances call for unusual, you know, solutions, um, and that that makes as much sense as any. Right, no question. All right, we've got another segment to go, Kelly. We've got a four minute break. Do you think you can figure out an answer to all of this in the next four minutes? I'll wave the magic wand, Bob, right. and come up with it. Confer with Louie, and we'll be back with you in four minutes on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Friday. Hope you're going to uh, had a good week and going to have a good weekend. The last segment of uh, this week brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located 
on Highway 98 and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. Don't forget, D1 Training and DBAT, now open in Hattiesburg, uh, right on Highway 98 uh, in the old Gaddytown uh, building. Great place uh, for your kids to get some uh, athletic training and, and softball and baseball instruction and, and uh, just to get fit. So D1 Training, DBAT, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob, uh, along with Kelly John Sander from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Going back to this Auburn contract because the biggest question for the average fan out there is to say you know the sec and auburn they are contractually obligated uh to pay southern miss as we saw with the big 10 uh the max losing uh, i think mac teams are losing somewhere around 25 million dollars southern miss uh, set to lose 1.45 million auburn already paid southern miss 400,000. but there is a legal term and i've i've done my best to uh, to try to pronounce it right force majeure and what that is, it is basically saying that uh, something cannot uh, fulfill uh, a party cannot fulfill a contract due to unforeseeable circumstances. In the next to last section of the Auburn Southern Miss contract, now guys, listen to this. Think about the lawyers that covered all their bases here. And I'm surprised that the word epidemic or pandemic is not in this, but in the event of fire, flood, hurricane, tornado, earthquake, war, invasion, hostilities, rebellion, insurrection, confiscation by order of the government, military or public authority or prohibitory or governmental authority, including that of the Southeastern Conference or the National Collegiate Athletic Association, making it impossible or impractical to play the game, both parties shall be relieved of any and all obligations of this agreement. Hmm. Auburn uh, able to get out of paying the $1.4 million because the Southeastern Conference, not Auburn University, is making the decision for a conference-only schedule. It is a legal out. I just don't agree with it. It is, uh, and, and I, I mean, I feel like maybe the SEC should pay all these schools because what you're doing is you're just delivering a further financial death nail to Group of Five programs. Well, well Kelly, this is what this is what happens when you have very good lawyers. I was going to say I didn't understand a word he said. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking about Portland, Oregon there for a minute when he was talking about insurrection and all that kind of stuff. Actually, that, that Marjorie, what was it, Luke? The force Marjorie. Force, force Marjorie. I think I saw her dance one time. Yeah, I was going to say, Kelly, you dated her at one time, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. Well, we're, we're not supposed to go into that on the air. Force but, Marjorie. Uh, I remember her very, very well, Kelly. Yeah. Pretty good dancer, wasn't she? Bob? She was pretty, pretty yeah. talented, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I thought we got the 400000 200000 for keeping quiet on Cam and 200000 for taking Ellis Johnson off their hands. You know, they owe us that much. So <laughs> I, 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 would think, I would think at least that. Yeah, they ought to. Uh, but on the, on the baseball side, uh, not, you know, more bad news for Major League Baseball. Three of the St. Louis Cardinals now have tested positive for COVID-19. So the Cardinals games uh, through the weekend – have been postponed by the end of the weekend. Now that'll mean 20%, including the Marlins and Phillies and now Cardinals, uh, 20% of the major league games that have been scheduled so far this year will have been canceled because of, um, because of the testing. And there's a couple of rainouts in there as well. But uh, the major, we talked about it yesterday here on the Eagle Hour, but major leagues have approved, in the case of double headers, each game will be seven innings. 
seven inning games and double headers now for the rest of this season to cut down on potential exposure and to uh, ease, you know, take it easy on pitching staffs a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, the more that the, the the little kids want to look like major league teams as far as baseball goes, it looks like the other way around now. Major league baseball is beginning to look a lot more like little league. Right, and and if that's not enough, let's not forget there's a hurricane blowing in on the East Coast, and people are getting weird bags of seeds from China, Kelly. So it's uh, it's just continuing to be a very eventful year. Man, I'm telling you, I, I don't know, I don't know how much. Well, we, I don't want to be Mister Doom and Gloom. I do have a quick question for Luke, though, Bob, because I've, right. I've actually had people ask me this. All right. Sometimes Luke will introduce me as Kelly, and sometimes it's Kelly John. So what is there? Is there? A magic bullet somewhere, Luke, as to which one you choose. Usually, I don't get the John unless I'm in trouble. You know. Well, I'm I'm the one that gets hammered for saying beautiful downtown Laurel. So uh, I guess you could just take it as a compliment that we use your full name on it. Actually, what what it is? Sometimes the uh, Laurel Police Department and even sometimes the U.S. Marshals drive down here. And if I drop the the name John Sander, it means um, that you're fleeing custody. Uh, you're fleeing law enforcement, and so they know to put out an APB on you. I'm just clarifying uh, which okay. Kelly Sander I'm talking about. Okay. Now, that picture of you at the courthouse, I think they use your full name, Kelly. I'm not, I'm not sure what the significance of do that they, is. Do they still have the number underneath my chin, or do they kind of... Yeah, it's still there. there. It's it's very prominent, Kelly. I, I can't help but notice it every time I walk in the building. One of my finer moments, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. So much to talk about. We're going to try to get Jeremy McLean on the show early next week, if possible, to uh, get the information we need from him. Uh, We'll look forward to that conversation if we can work it out. All right, I want to thank you for tuning in all week long. The three of us really do appreciate the the kind words and uh, the people that tune into our show every day. We'll be back Monday at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.